This week on GameSpot After Dark, we are joined by the lovely Steven Spawn and Alana Pierce, who are talking about the second annual Video Game Accessibility Awards, which is happening this Saturday on March 12th. Make sure to go check it out. It promises to be a great show that is both educational and funny. Small technical note for this episode, the first couple minutes of Steven's audio is missing, so you're going to hear Tam introduce Steven, then immediately move on without Steven saying anything, but don't worry, Steven's audio quickly comes back for the rest of the episode. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy episode 135 of GameSpot After Dark. Hello and welcome to GameSpot After Dark, episode 135. GameSpot After Dark, of course, is the number one video game podcast hosted by me, Tomor Hussein, and joined by Jean-Luc Seipke. Howdy do, gamers. Jordan Ramey. What up? Did you say we were the number one <laughs> podcast? I'm saying we're the number one video game podcast hosted by me, featuring Jean-Luc and Jordan okay. and Alana oh, okay. Pierce. <laughs> Hello, Alana. Hi. It's uh, it's one thirty. What is specifically is after dark about this? It's don't question wow. it. And you out. Also, also, also featuring <laughs> the one and only Steven Spawn. Now that I've uh, established a very specific uh, criteria that makes us the number one podcast, we're gonna move on to <laughs> um, what we've been playing. Um, so, or what we've been experiencing, um, which is way more broad because I have been playing a video game called Elden Ring. Which you know what you. No, I like that game. Let me tell you, I'm sick of talking about it. Really? I, I've no, not really. No, but I feel that's, like, a, that's a lie. <laughs> it's, it's a lie, but I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record on it. So instead, I'm going to talk about a little TV show called The X Files, mm. which uh, I have been watching a decent amount of recently. I I watched X Files when I was a kid, and um, kind of like sporadically here and there, a couple of episodes, and I remember really enjoy. I watched. The one that sticks out is my to- the Tombs episode. Oh, which yeah. Is, I forgot what it's called, like Fold yeah. or something. Like Tombs is a very. Str- I think it's called. I think it's called is Tomb. it Tombs. Because he's in multiple episodes. I think it's called Tombs. So, he yeah. Is. Um, and I remember being very freaked out by Tombs. Um, and to- oh, T O O M S. I was expecting it to be Tombs. T O M B S, yeah. So, Tombs yeah. is a character that. Spoilers for the episode Tombs from the X Files <laughs> from the 90s. He's able to like condense his body and fit into very, very, very small spaces. Terrifying. Like it is awful, and <laughs> kind of reminds me of mm. um, the well, the Pillar Man uh, from JoJo season two, <laughs> season one, season two. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like uh, there was there was something about him that like very, very is very unsettling. He, he looks creepy in all of these images he's he's a well-known actor he's that annoying dude in the green mile like the really shitty guard in green mile um but yeah so i recently i decided you know what i'm gonna watch the x-files from start to finish and you know what it holds up very well it's on hulu and it's super super good my favorite thing about this the series is and i tweeted about this the other day which is like Scully comes in as the science-based person, the very reasonable person, whereas Mulder's like, I've taken so much peyote in my life and I believe everything. Um, and like every single episode, like Mulder proves that their truth it really is out there and there's some wacky shit going on. And Scully's like, what the fuck? I could not account for that. There's no way for me to account for that using science. Uh, but then the next episode, it all resets. So like Mulder, Mulder's like, I think I think that's a werewolf, and Scully's like, there is no way werewolves exist. Forgetting that last episode, there was like a an actual like ghost or something. Absolutely like that. no learning <laughs> that, to be had. Yeah, <laughs> like she she's actively been terrorized by paranormal forces. But the next episode, how she's could like, I have accounted for more paranormal forces? <laughs> Just like Mulder, it's not possible. It's like Scully, please. How how <laughs> short term is your memory? How many episodes need to go by? Yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite bit is is always a moment where Scully's like shouting at Mulder how something's not possible, and you can see a small grin on Mulder's face, or like he's hiding something behind his back because he's got something that's gonna reveal how it can be possible, and he'll be like, "Aha." Here's human skin, meaning a human has shed their skin. And, Mo- and Scully's always like, fuck, he's got me again. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't watch through it when I was a kid because I also found it very scary. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it seems like a thing that is probably worth revisiting if it does oh, hold up. 
is so good and it's so 90s as well. It's very, very 90s where you're like, none of this would work if mobile phones existed. <laughs> yeah, you just call each other. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's also like super, super like prescient in a lot of ways. Or like not prescient, but like the vibe of it with like weird conspiracies and like clandestine groups and people. It holds up really well these days because, as you know, conspiracies making a big comeback in uh, 2020. Thanks, TikTok. And yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, the people who are on there as, like, fringe lunatics are, like, I watch them and I'm like, that's a normal TikToker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, which is very, very amusing to me. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying. Has anyone else seen x Oh, yeah. I'm excited for you to get to yeah. later seasons where you will discover uh, all of these like big name actors like who are like super young like Jack Black shows yeah. up in an episode uh, like really really young oh. Jack Black um, I think uh, the guy who plays Monk uh, shows up in an episode like just the most random people that you're like what they were in the X Files so that's always yeah. fun. There's there's like what's his name? I know that at a certain point Mulder like it gets replaced by Robert Patrick. He does. Was it T one thousand or yep, whatever? Yep. He is Wait, they swapped the actor out. Yeah, just his uh, Mulder just goes away for a while. It's a different oh. character. It's a different character, but yeah, yeah, it's a completely oh. different oh. character. Oh. It's, it's not like he plays Fox Mulder. It's like someone else, and so they pair up him. It's kind of like when Angel went away in Buffy and Riley showed up, and you're like, this guy sucks. <laughs> Bring back Angel. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm excited to like get further on. I also know there's like a decent chunk of it, um, that, uh, is not very good. Sure. So I'm, I might just like skip mm. a bit of that because we've got a- at a certain point, you might be like, just, you want to hit up like me or Kurt or someone and just get the recommendations on like, here are the good ones to, to watch and maybe, maybe skip these. Cause they're not good or they were good, but then you, they end up not being good because you realize that they didn't go anywhere uh, compelling at all. Mm. So it's like, mm. I don't know if I want to mm. like string you along with these episodes that yeah. end up wasting your time a little bit, but the one-offs so are still fantastic. Here's, here's, here's the thing that I really, I don't know about what it says. I've always thought about this. I've never actually like spoken about it publicly outside of like um, private discussion with people. I love America's fascination with UFOs. Like, it's it's so amazing to me. And the reason I love it is America has probably the largest amount of fiction and, like, uh, around UFOs visiting the planet, right? Um, and also, like, the belief that they are out there and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it kind of... But, like, we don't. We don't, we don't anymore. Like, they literally released a year and a half ago that the government's like, yeah, actually, UFOs, kind of a thing. We call them UABs, not yeah, UFOs. Whatever, yeah. they do exist. And then everyone was like, whatever. Back to the <laughs> Yeah. The thing that I find fascinating about it is the idea that if UFOs existed, they would definitely visit America. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are you, you, this, as a nation, oh. you have your head so far up. Damn, you see the Statue of Liberty? That should say. Listen, listen, our country is so big that by sheer yeah. probability. Like, I don't think Australia like, is the same size. Well, the, yeah, exactly. The idea you have a lot that of dangerous creatures decide, over there. Which you know aliens yeah, might love. Yeah, I might, I might, yeah, UFOs can't go there because the, the ship's. Would have to be upside down. They can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Not you too, Tam. I thought that <laughs> not you. So we have we have Elvis though. But I love the idea that <laughs> I love the idea that Americans cannot fathom a UFO going to like Africa instead, <laughs> like, or something else like that. But no, they have to come to America. Of course, they would come to America. I don't think and that's Americans what, fathom the existence of other countries. Sometimes you sort of, of tapping into something there. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I like. I think there's a lot of. There's a space for like uh, alien fiction that isn't focused on America specifically. Or the like, president. We have a, or the president, yeah. We have a bit of that. Like Attack the Block is a bit of that with, with in it from sure. a UK perspective. But I would love to see more like um, kind of like a UFO or like extraterrestrial fiction um, in, in another, you know, part of the world. It's kind of yeah. like Superman Red Sun, mm -hmm. but like, let's do, let's do Superman Red Sun, but for E.T. That's what I'm saying. Isn't District 9 set in an African country? That's South true. Africa. I think it yeah. might be, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, District 9 is the <laughs> one that stands out yeah. as like the major blockbuster. And it was supposed to be Halo originally. Yeah, yeah. And they just, it's just got, what's his name, shouting prawns a lot, which is great. <laughs> that and accent's that so funny. 
Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. But anyway, Elden Ring is great, and it continues to be great. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Except yeah. for accessibility. I, yeah, it's, accessibility is not great. Um, I played it a bit earlier actually, and uh, still finding bosses that absolutely shit on me from a from a considerable height. You say buses? Like, you know what? There's buses I, in the I game. I honestly can't tell bosses, if you're talking on a figurative also, or literal. Like. And there's, I found a boss. I meant bosses, but I'm sure that at some point a boss is going to appear and run me over, and I'll be like, "Yep, that makes sense." Who did you previously so, think was the hardest FromSoft boss? Or hardest? Yeah. Or it might be One Reborn. Okay. Um, from Bloodborne. Yeah. Okay. Um, either that or like Gen Ichiro, or maybe Demon really? of Hatred. I never, yeah, I would have said Demon of Hatred or um, Hatred. the 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 Dark Souls Three King. I about to say, um, I was going to say, like, the last boss of the second DLC from Dark Souls 3, that dude is a yeah, monster and a half. But I think, um, I feel like now it has to be uh, Melania. Blade of Maquella. Mm, like, just, maybe. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even fathom somebody, a, a, a boss in a FromSoft game that hits you and gets health back. That sucks, yep. That Excuse suck. me? There are a few others that, like, I, I, th- it depends on how you're specced. Like, you can some, I've had some people be like, oh, I cannot get past this. Like, uh, Margaret is another one that I've liked. And also, there's bosses, all enemies in, in the, uh, um, academy that people are like, really struggling here. And I was like, I don't even remember that enemy because I just, like, it ran does, past it. And, does like, depend on playstyle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Rahul Kohli, a uh, friend of the mm-hmm. show, currently playing through yep. Dark Souls 3, and he had a ton of trouble with the Dancer, Dancer of the Boreal oh, yeah, Valley in Dark Valley. Souls 3. And the reason for that, see, I don't think she's that bad. It's because it's, it's, it's a play style thing. It just depends how yeah. you play. So because I'm really patient mm-hmm. and slow, and any time that I lose health, I just use an Essence Flask or whatever, I'm generally yeah. all right with a boss like that who does actually have a break between attacks. I have more trouble with people who attack constantly. Um, yeah. But I the guess his playstyle is super aggressive, so he had a ton of trouble. Mm-hmm. The dancer can be quite tricky because the animations are very like hypnotizing, like very mesmerizing. It's true, and like that and it's a lot like of a ass. <laughs> yeah, you get you get a lot of like uh, ethereal ass moving. You do, about, and you like, do. Ooh. And then just when you suspect <laughs> it, she's like, "I'm gonna poke you." And you're like, oh god, that was that's looking how at she your gets you. Ass. How she yeah. gets you. Um, but yeah, that's all I've been up to. Um, I'm going to mix it up and go to Steve. Steve, what have you been up to? Well, I'm sorry. I was ignoring the, the From Slough stuff because they ignore my people. Yeah, it's fair. fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, Tell them. We ta- oh, we're talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have not, as I was talking in the pre-show, I, I'm not even sure what free time is at this point. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I've been, I've been revisiting Animal Crossing. Nice. Uh, I decided I'm going to go the opposite way of Elden Ring completely and just the adorable animals that hug each other. That's just my my answer to this whole problem. <laughs> mm. I put 600 hours into that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like, I... Adorable. I got keep me. wanting to go back to it, but then, like, the problem I have is normal life chores get in the way, and I have to, like... I can't do my virtual like, chores. <laughs> yeah, that's when I... If I, Every time I find myself playing Animal Crossing, and then I have a moment where I remember the things I need to do in real life, I get mad at myself. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and like, why am I cleaning this house? I could be doing weeds right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm <laughs> just like, I gotta stay. Oh. Animal Crossing is the cutest game that makes me unreasonably angry. Like, oh yeah, just... and it has some terrible <laughs> mechanics too. Like some of the mechanics are awful. Like I don't know if they fixed digging yet. I don't think they have. <laughs> um, no, my my thing is that my island is now full, and in order to change anything, I would have to like tear stuff down, and I just don't want to do that. Island is done. They made bigger islands than sure. But until yeah. then, I'm good. Yeah. I, I just think, like, for me, uh, I like to pair up my, my, my gaming experience. And my two, like, number one things right now is Escape from Tarkov, which is a punishing shooter that just makes you hate everything about living. Because um, <laughs> wow. you, you just, you, you're just, like, the, the entire game is like, hey, here's some cool things. Are you happy with it? Cool. We're going to take it away from you. <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right, well. <laughs> what is, what is, I, I've... I've looked at Tarkov from a distance and it scares me. So fun. It's like, I love it I, so much. Yeah, what is the deal with Tarkov? Like, why? It, it's, uh, it, it's literally like uh, the playing Call of Duty, except you have hardcore Diablo 
mechanics. So you like load into a game with a bunch of gear that is yours, and if somebody kills you, they take your gear, and then they send you a message laughing at you. Like it's it's oh just God. you know it's uh, it, it's always the thing that like speaking of Elden Ring, whenever anyone sends me angry tweets about you just don't like hard video games, I play <laughs> Tarkov literally every time I can. And it, it it is is great because it is that hardcore, you know, you, you win or you lose, so you get this adrenaline pump in your heart whenever you get out with gear, and you're just like, yes, I have completed the world, and then you just turn around a corner, someone shoots you in the face, and you're like, right, no, there's the <laughs> kick in the pants. I find Taco very difficult. I also, I yeah. still don't really know how to play it. It is, it it's um a very interesting, like, kind of mix of genres in a way. I thought it was yeah. a battle royale at first. It's not. Oh, Oh, it's it's very much more Diablo where you have to collect gear and farm yeah. gear and bring it out and use it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But yeah, so that's my thing is uh, hardcore shooters where I die and hate everything or fluffy animals. It's a good balance, actually. Two very big extremes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to give it a try, but like I, I had a time with Rust where I played a lot of Rust and then I was like, I don't want to play one of these games ever again because I feel like I've been I've been bullied by this game quite a lot. Like <laughs> that's like the 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 idea of like I was like oh jump in I'll have these very emergent experiences and every emergent experience was someone like approaching me like guns drawn and being like get on the floor. The emergent experiences that you die yeah. and <laughs> yeah it's like oh yeah the, the emergent experience is a uh, virtual kidnapping yeah. and ransom and like just like the real I world. Was like, there was one time where I was playing Russ yeah. and like some a group of people came upon me. They took me hostage and then made me build stuff for them. <laughs> and I was like, "This is <laughs> horrifying!" Isn't that I was just like, what? like <laughs> slavery? <laughs> slavery, yeah, yeah. It's slavery. But like, and the reason I the re the moment I realized I was like losing my mind is when I like logged on multiple times to do this <laughs> of my own free will. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, am I doing just log off, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just don't play this game anymore. Because you're, you're like, like, well, I guess I have to. I have to log on. These guys are depending yeah, on me. I, like, I guess this, this is... <laughs> I guess this is but then game, it won't though. get built. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, I mean, I they like they, they just added VIP to Tarkov this wipe, and and it's been great. Like I thought it was gonna be horrible, just full of people trolling and yelling obscenities, but no, it's been really fun. Like most people, super cooperative and nice. Like not what you'd expect, except for like random encounters, which I just absolutely love. I was on a, a railroad track running through the game with a bunch of gear and. Someone like randomly shines a flashlight at me and starts being like, "What are you doing on this railroad trip? I'm going over there." Yeah, well, it looks like you got some loot there. I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, "Uh huh." And what do you want to share with me? And then I'm like, "Nothing." And he points over at his friend. He's like, "Well, my level two friend over there, he's gonna gun you down if you don't." And then there's this guy with like the lowest level gun pointing it at me. I'm just like, "Okay, well, here's some peas." And I throw the peas on the ground, which are worthless in the game. And they're like, "Hmm, peas are." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I got held up for peas. <laughs> oh, wow. Now you're convincing. Now you're convincing me to get back into oh, it. So the content fun. you want. Maybe, maybe I can friend make some friends by giving them peas. Oh, <laughs> you're <probably>. good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely feel you on the lack of free time. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that, uh, Jean Luc. What have you been up to? <laughs> Well, I decided to devote all my free time to Destiny 2's new raid over the weekend. We mm. we put, uh, I think we started at 10 o'clock, um, right when it, when it hit. A.M. or P.M. A.M., uh, 10 o'clock A.M., um, Pacific Time, and we went until 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> um, Damn. So 19 Why, hours. John Luke? We, we but did, did you do it? We didn't even do it. We didn't even finish Why? it. Damn. We were on that final boss for six hours and it, we who was the first person ooh. to finish like how long did it take uh i think it took them about six or so hours they oh, that's i quick. don't remember their names but they're also the ones who did the vault of glass redone raid um oh wow yeah so they're they're pretty good um but yeah we we were in there for like 19 hours uh we definitely had peaked at like 2 a.m so like those last four hours were just uh, like a fever, Pointless. a fever dream. Don't <laughs> even remember what happened. Like I literally woke up and was like, "Did any of that even happen?" Like I cannot remember. <laughs> um, but we kind of got lucky because um, normally, like, so that's like what the whole thing is. That is like contest mode where it's like intentionally harder. 
for the first 24 hours. Uh, and the reason you want to do it, uh, even if you're not first, because like there's no way we're ever going to be first or anything like that, is you do get like a special little emblem and you get to say like, I did it first. And I don't really care about the emblem, but it was like <laughs> a thing that would be cool to do. Like, oh, that'd be a cool accomplishment. That I could be like, I did that. So you care a little bit about the emblem, is what you're saying. I care, care I a care a little, little bit, bit it. but it's I, it's more it's the personal pride. It's like ah, I I did a cool thing, you know. I don't necessarily need to do that all the time, but it'd be cool to do it once. It's also a fun thing to do with people. Like it's it so is. much problem solving because it's not just shooting. It's it's actively yeah. solving problems with a bunch of friends. It's fun. It's it is fun. I like I really do enjoy that that aspect of of like where you know you start an encounter and you have no idea what's happening and then it's like one person like figures something out and then that's like oh well what if we do this now and so you know like that's probably like the that's when destiny is at its best and that's most fun totally they're the best part of destiny by a mile they're so good absolutely um like if you've never done it before it's it's definitely worth doing uh at least once you don't don't you don't have to do contest mode contest mode is maybe a bit much but with some friends hop in and try it um, but what happened this year was unfortunately they were having some weird server bugs where people were getting booted out of the raid or not able to start it oh, no. or um i think like they they would just get to the end of the first encounter and then it would just boot everyone and they would or they would die and it wouldn't let them progress okay. so bungie ended up extending contest mode for another 24 hours um which gave us the opportunity to go back in on sunday night for another four hours and then we did in fact Yay, the boss. So we did get the emblem. That's awesome. We, we didn't do it in 24 hours, but we did do it. We got it. It was very satisfying. You can say you did, and nobody will know the difference. So exactly. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> except everyone who's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Edit that out. Edit that out and post. <laughs> Listen, those three people will never say anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> the $30 you'll get, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was pretty much my entire weekend. I did absolutely nothing else because I, I just slept uh, for, like, most of Sunday and then woke up and they're like, we're doing it again. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get back on. Let's go. Do you, do you find, like, the time goes by really quickly, like a World of Warcraft raid kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. There's other times where you're just like, come on, guys, let's go. <laughs> yes. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it wasn't until afterwards that I, like, put it together. And I was like, wow, yeah, I really did, like sit at my chair for like pretty much 19 hours straight um Damn. which is yeah like it didn't feel that way but like afterwards they're like oh boy i don't have any more of these i have in me um <laughs> yeah. as I get older, but it's cool that's, that's <laughs> like the that's the gamer experience i love telling non-gamers about where they're like downplaying how great this medium is or this thing we love with video games it's like what do you do in your life that you can sit down for 18 hours and not realize that stretch of time has gone yeah. by like that's pretty mm -hmm. amazing to be that enveloped into yeah it. and they do it with tv and i don't get why they see a distinction it's one thing that does always drive me nuts is like you, it's just so lazy you're just sitting down and playing a video game I'm like yeah you're just sitting down and watching tv i know that's what you're doing at the same time you can't tell me that you're not <laughs> that's the one thing that uh in my gaming life i don't think i've had any experience of like a raid in anything mm. i don't i didn't i didn't raid yeah. in world of warcraft i haven't raided in final fantasy um none of that or, or destiny which is wild wow i didn't know you were a fake have gamer you ever raided your fridge <laughs> you raid your fridge i've raided my fridge which is fine yeah okay good good <laughs> it's the same endorphins technically <laughs> you're getting the same effect i'm really surprised to hear that tam considering that you worked with both michael hyam and currently work with phil hornshaw two people who i feel like would have tried to bring you into their world they, I, they have tried i have i've told them no uh. <laughs> mm. sorry guys i gotta run real quick give me one sec all right okay. for sure now he's gone jeez that oh, guy fake gamer <laughs> fake gamer yeah the fake gamer's gone do you think he's going to raid the fridge um either that or his cat has gone wild again <laughs> He's looking for some peas in the fridge. <laughs> My dog is finally asleep, which is wonderful. But oh. there may be audio throughout this entire episode of her chewing stuff. So sorry about that. That's my bad. Oh, that's wonderful. It happens. Sorry about that. I heard a loud crashing sound and I thought <laughs> oh, no. either something had fallen or my cat was dead or something like that. Turns out it was uh, one of the neighbors upstairs just probably murdered someone. So, oh, great. Oh, that's fine. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, well, 10 less dollars for me later. Um, <laughs> Jean-Luc, anything else on Destiny? No, it was literally, like I said, that's all I did. Nothing else. 
is this is this a good time to get into destiny for someone who perhaps has no experience or has a little bit of experience because remember we did destiny's children as a show i i would say yes because i do think this expansion is like the absolute best destiny's ever been um like bar none like like the just the campaign would you say it's the bestiny the best (laughs) nice no, Thank don't slam nice. it encourages yes. him to keep going. Like, Killed it. You, I are now a permanent member of the GameSpot After Dark podcast. Thank you for your <laughs> support. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Uh, I don't know where to go with that. Other, yeah, uh, yes, uh, it's it's very good. It's um, I, I think like the campaign's the best it's ever been. Um, it feels like a real shooter campaign in a way that Destiny has never felt before. Um, the raid's fantastic. All this stuff around it, it's like super good. I mean, the only thing that's like always difficult is just like I don't know how to explain to anyone like what the hell is going on in that story. Um, like it's great if you are into it, but like you know, I I don't want to be like, all right, well, first you need to go watch this three-hour like lore video that explains the entire backstory of Destiny and you know all that. So, um, isn't the issue more that you have to be the right level? No, so uh, or are they approaching that differently? No, no, they do a, th- a really smart thing now where every time they release a major expansion, they just bring everyone up to the starting level of the expansion. So So I know they did that th- I know they've been doing that for a while, but I was of the understanding that you still wouldn't necessarily be high enough to actually be useful in a raid. So if you they've done a new thing now where if you play the campaign and you play the campaign on the game's legendary difficulty, they will give you at the end of it gear that puts you, I think, 10 levels below the raid, at which point it's like, that's barely anything. Like, the, the grind to get to the raid is almost non-existent if you just do the campaign, which is very nice. Oh, that's awesome. But you still have to beat the campaign on legendary difficulty. You do, although you don't have to. Like, then it would just be like, hmm. I think if you beat the campaign on non-legendary, you would be like 30 below, which, so you'd have to do like a little more. How long okay. does it take to beat the campaign? Uh, I would say it's a good nine to 10 hours. It's a pretty lengthy campaign. Listen, you're still, it's still probably going to be about 12 hours before you can play a raid. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Right? Yes, yes. But there is... And I wish that, like, I, I get that it's, like, so rewarding, but, man, they're so good that it'd be awesome if people could just jump in. I mm-hmm. I agree. Can I, can I pay you to do the campaign for me? Like, is that... I did have completion? a friend level me up in Destiny not that long ago when I didn't have time, but I didn't want everyone else to out-level me too fast. So I was like, please, just please. I mean, I'll give you know, money. Like, there is an entire economy. <laughs> there was a period where people li- that like do that. Yeah, <laughs> they like pay you pay them, and they just like, well, like I will level up your character for you, which seems insane to me. Yep. But like, all right, yeah, if you want, we can. You know, we could talk after and, and work up like a little business transaction. <laughs> that sounds like a lot like my experiences in Rust, so I'd be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when when we I played so much of Destiny, me, Lucy, and Dave, when the game first came out because we had that show, Destiny's Children, and I've never had a work project kill any interest in a game as hard as that. <laughs> like it was, it was brutal. The really? moment because like, you covered Fortnite and. <laughs> that's true i covered fortnite this i covered fortnite for literally years having played less than an hour of fortnite and it was a lot but like i kind of still am interested in fortnite and like destiny there's it's been yeah. so hard to go back also to, to be fair um, vanilla it's destiny so rough. was not great and it it's a it's a it was, very it different game rough, now yeah. um yeah like that grind's just not there i i I jumped back into it for a little bit and started doing the Trials of Osiris. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of cool and fun. And I remember speaking to Chris Perret and he was like, yeah, that's the shit stuff they've released since then. Um, so I was like, maybe maybe it's good then. Maybe I'll just carry on playing it. So Destiny's kind of like one of those. I feel like Destiny's going to be like, if it's still around, my I've retired now. Now I'll play Destiny game. <laughs> you should do a raid one time. I think it's worth experiencing that at least once. So, you know, you know. I agree that the raids are really, really good. It's yeah. worth just, just giving one a shot. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. Yeah, a try. we'll, we'll, we'll try. you know, Once we, we'll, we'll run you through it. Ghostwire Tokyo and uh, mm. all these other games <laughs> that are coming. It's out a really bad that. time for Destiny to be the best it's ever been. I know, been. I know. Yeah. It's like so hard wait, to recommend it to anybody. Why didn't they wait till November, like normal, or September? <laughs> well, September. Gotham Knights might have a raid. In which case, that could be my first ever raid. Wait, they're gonna have a raid? What? They might. They Sure, they have like dungeons and stuff, right? Surely yeah. they'll, they'll, they might just have like yeah, I a could see them having a raid. Yeah, yeah. 
Imagine. We're like, get four friends together, everyone pick their highest level character and do a really tough no, mission. Uh, this, sadly, uh, Jordan, this multiplayer game is only two people. <laughs> is fucking it? Insane. Wait, yeah. really? Oh, I think she well, I'm just four? saying, like, what if there's, yeah. like, an addition later on where they're like, you can play it with four people? Because I feel like it's just yeah, so dumb for it to be like, oh, yeah, it's a maximum of two people, but there's four I didn't know characters. that. That... What? <laughs> yeah, there's there's four there's four characters, so they're like, hey, you're the you're the Bat family. You can only be two of them, though. See ya. Yeah, that's like some Outriders I bullshit. I did where, not like, know that. Four classes, but yeah, you can only have three. Of three. <laughs> it is yeah. When they released that, when they revealed that like last year or maybe the year, before, it was devastating. I was like, that is the most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it feels. I'm pretty. I'm like ninety nine percent sure it's like two. It's an it's a weird number. Like it's it is either two. two or three. Is it two? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I was like, damn, why, why would you do that? Um, dibs on Robin, whoever plays with me. Because <laughs> he's the coolest of them all. Um, sure. Whatever. <laughs> We're not having this debate right here, right I now. I mean, you're not going to convince me Red Hood is cooler than Robin. You might be able to convince me Batgirl. And I would argue that say. any of the other three are cooler than uh, Robin, but this no, Nightwing for actually, sure. Wait. Yeah, exactly. Wait, this is... yeah, Nightwing definitely. Yeah. Nightwing's here's the thing. I love Nightwing, but he's also undeniably got massive fuckboy energy. Like Night Nightwing yeah. is the kind of people who matches with multiple people on Bumble and Yeah, you're not wrong. He does have fuckboy energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Um and like Robin, it's not my fa- it's Tim Drake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like if it was Damien, no question. But maybe the right answer is Batgirl. Maybe Batgirl is the coolest. Dibs on Batgirl. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyways, Alana, what have you been up to? So, like, realistically, same thing Steve said. My whole life right now is is accessibility awards. Um, outside of my yes. day job, I work at. Let's Stony talk Sandwich. about. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Um, like I was up till I think four a.m. again last night, just trying to like get stuff done. It's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Um, otherwise, yeah, I've been still playing Sifu and Elden Ring mostly, trying to pick them up whenever i have time but mostly working mm. which is great i realize like the so the show is this saturday which is very exciting mm-hmm. uh march 12th at 2 p.m pt um on twitch.tv slash twitch and yeah. because of that i'm just like okay i sunday i can't have a day off because i have to make up for all the work that i missed throughout the week this week mm. next weekend though i okay. can't wait i'm gonna have a weekend off i'm gonna do nothing i'm gonna eat bad food and play video games I'm hyped, but until then... Oh, we have a meeting, actually. It's cancelled, Steve! It's cancelled! Actually, we're doing the award show twice. That's right. We're doing doing the second run, right? Oh, no. Um, It's like like the Castlevania upside-down castle. We're doing the awards again, but back to front. But inverted. We're we're here on this podcast to announce we're doing a tour. No, we're not. No. (laughs) Edit that out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, like Alana, Steve, like tell people who might not know about the awards because it is they're super impressive. But like, um, could always use more people like checking them out and definitely there's an element of they they are the most unique awards that exist currently, and we're in an industry that loves to give each other awards, and uh, this is one of the ones that truly feels meaningful. So (laughs) yeah, we do have an um, agenda. Like it's so so the video gaming accessibility award show is um is the second one that we've done, and we have a sponsor this year. Uh, Shout out to Pizza Hut. I would die for Pizza Hut. Uh, Pizza (laughs) Hut forever. Best pizza. Please order Pizza Hut. Hashtag Pizza Hut partner. Um, very thankful to them. They've been awesome to work with. so it's just a lot bigger than the first year. We have, you know, a, a production team that's helping us with a lot of stuff. And um, basically my agenda with creating the show uh, was to educate people about what accessibility actually is. Because like we just said about earlier, a lot of people think it just means that games should be easy, mm-hmm. which is like not even remotely correct. <laughs> like where, when FromSoft comes up, I always try to explain to people, do you think that disabled gamers don't also want to play challenging games? Like, do you think mm. that they don't also want the satisfaction of playing through something that's difficult? Because it's not that they want it to be easy. It's not easy mode. It's not It's not that. And sometimes it can be, but that's not the whole argument. It's It's like right now, a lot of people with disabilities just can't even play FromSoft games. Um, and I think people misunderstand what it is. So it's partly supposed to be educational. Definitely a lot of fun. Like, I'm writing this script right now, and a lot of it is just like, oh, on a Steve Adlib. We just uh, make fun of each other pretty frequently, like, um, like keeping it loosely scripted. So it's just a lot of banter. Um, but it's, it's mostly my intention is, you know, 
you said the games industry has a lot of award shows and loves a lot of award shows. I figure if studios know there's an award show on the line where they can win an award for being accessible, they'll do it. So <laughs> more studios will make games more accessible from the beginning. You know, anyone who watches it will talk to their colleagues about it. Like studios that currently uh, uh, basically don't have any accessibility options will be aware of what certain things do and who they are for and how they can implement them. So the agenda is very much make games more accessible, um, make make people think about video game accessibility more often and and make them try to win these damn awards mm, <laughs> to make yeah. more accessible video games. So this year we have nine, technically 10 categories where, um, Steve, do you want to talk about how voting works and all that? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys Saturday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the great part about doing the awards the way we decided to do it, you know, um, Alana's baby of the award show idea was we need to get the industry to buy in. Right. Mm. And, and that, that came from a place of, well, how do we show them that this is a, a real thing backed by real science? And that was where partnering with able gamers came into play. Um, you know, I just happened to be associated with them, but the, it's, it has nothing to do with my affiliation. The accessible dot games that we ended up utilizing from able gamers shows developers, how you can develop with accessibility in mind. It's no longer a checklist or a question or how do I do this? Like they figured out the entire science behind it, how you do it very easily and simply with the lowest cost possible. And we kind of use that as a backing. They have an entire 500 plus players who are all disabled, who all volunteer to do Q and a and every other kind of testing in the video game industry called player panels. And in combination with the science-backed accessibility mindsets and these actual players with real disabilities, they voted on which ones of these categories should win. And so it's not just whichever is the favorite of Alana's or mine. It's it's not just us being like, you know what? Uh, I believe this big name streamer deserves an award. Hey, will you come to our award show, big name streamer? No, it's mm-hmm. it's an actual voted category, and uh, that's what made us feel so good about this. Is you know these are actual people who are saying you know this video game did it well, and mm. hopefully the video game industry looks at this game and goes, huh. Well, how do they do it? How can we do it next How time? do we yeah. win an award? How do we get an award? And you, you be accessible, kind of, you dummy. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, you kind of right. briefly touched upon like the actual involvement from people who have experience with this, and that kind of extends to the judging panel as well, right? Can you 100%, yeah. So talk a bit about or, or, the judging panel and why it was important to have it the way it is? Well, Steve and I work together to... Um, the categories are basically directly ripped from the Able Gamers um accessible dot games guidelines that they give to studios uh that are trying to make more accessible games so like it's it's built off of those categories like steve said basically backed by science it's the expertly selected and so then we just adapted those into our categories and slightly changed some of the wording just to make them make a little bit more sense because we are trying to have an accessible award show (laughs) um (laughs) and from there steve and i actually have nothing really at all to do with uh nominees and judging um we're just running the show. Uh, so the, the jury is entirely made up of a board of disabled gamers um, who either come up with the nominees or, or um, are this year, I believe we had everybody play every game, right, Steve? Or, or at least attempted to, to make yeah, sure. We, yeah, like uh, essentially imagine, uh, much like the the VGAs there, we, we just uh, have a list of games and here are the games that, you know, are up for these categories. Here's why and what do you think of them? And then just let them play the games. And some of the studios, you know, will give out some keys to let people try them. Some of them, you know, did not. And it really came down to personal experience. So it was really about an individual saying, this is accessible for me. And if you ask enough people what's accessible for you, eventually you get this pattern of, okay, well, these are the things that actually are accessible. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing that I'm really finding fascinating about, not the uh, not finding fascinating, but like the fact that it's educational is like just looking at the award categories that people can be nominated yeah. in is like a crash course in things that you should have in a video game. Like, Pretty it much. It makes yeah. perfect sense. and. It, it makes perfect sense because, you, like you said, it was a lot of it was pulled from the able gamers kind of uh, uh, approach to it. But like second channel, like that's a really clever way of like creating or putting a, a the name second to channel the idea. one's like a very interesting one because yeah. um, that is 
about having multiple ways to get information. And I think when Steve and I spoke about it, um, Fortnite is a really great example of like, you could see where footsteps are, you can see which direction you're being shot at from, you can hear the audio cue, you can get directional captions. Like they have a bunch of options to get that information that isn't just, I see this person, I shoot them. Like there are so many different ways to, um, I mean, Fortnite does a pretty good job of accessibility in general, but mm. there are so many different ways to receive that information. And um, that is important to so many players in so many different ways. Uh, and I think like one of the ones that I really like um, is ability to bypass. And a lot of games do do that, but I wish it were more frequent where it's like if there's a challenge that somebody can't complete for any reason, um, a lot of games, you know, will offer you the ability to, do you, do you want to skip this section? And I just can't see who that hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think that applies to all accessibility. There are always options, but that one's one that's just like, you know how many players with disabilities are like, I can't get through this because I'm physically unable to. Why would you not, like, if you notice that somebody's failing something repeatedly, just give them the option to skip. It just seems like such an easy thing to do. Um, that's one that I really like. Obviously, clear text is very important, mm. pretty literally about having clear text, uh, better captioning. And that is something that, I know is extremely difficult to implement in a video game. Surprisingly, you have to change the entire UI sometimes to accommodate uh, a change in, in text. And that's part of this is like, if we have the conversation about different accessibility options earlier, then hopefully it encourages studios to do it earlier. And it's easier to implement accessibility options. If you're thinking about it from the start, if you try to do it as an afterthought, mm. it gets really hard. Um, but if somebody at the studio has watched the show, this one person has seen this or seen the IGN article or watched this podcast and go, and then goes, I'm going to take this back to the team and we'll think about this. Then hopefully yeah. we can, we can encourage more people to do it from the jump. Yeah, for sure. And obviously that's something like we've talked about able gamers a bunch and GameSpot has a, a special kind of like love for able gamers as well. Like we've worked with uh, yeah. the, the, the organization in the past. Um, and like a lot of this stuff, Steve, if you want to, if you're able to like talk about how, you know, for people who might be looking at this stuff and trying to figure out how do I get an understanding of this, that's something that you through Able Gamers provide, right? Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, you know, that is one of the reasons that we leaned on the Accessible Dot Games website. I mean, everything is free. Like any developer listening to it right now, you can go to the website, you can literally read all the science and look at all the things that we already do. And, and Able Gamers does it all for free. And one of the great parts about shining the light on that was the ability to say, hey, if you are a developer and you need help, you can go to that program. You know, there are courses you can take. You can become a certified accessibility practitioner. You know, you can be an APXP. You can go in and, and become certified to do this for your studio. And, and those kind of services are fantastic and we need to the, the, the developers out there to know that not only does this service exist but it's very good um you know able gamers has certified more than 250 people from various studios from uh, activision blizzard to indie studios and ones that literally i will get beaten by golden robots in my closet if i try to talk about them <laughs> so i you know I, I'd, I'd love to tell you about all the people unfortunately i can't but i can say that this sort of methodology mm. of thinking about how to design it, it it takes a video game from good to great it allows more people to play as alana said you know a, a large portion of my fire on discord right now is around the uh elden ring easy mode discussion to mm. the point that i just don't want to even enter it anymore because it's the same conversation every time another game comes out and it's it's that philosophy where now somehow people have equated that either you put it in easy mode in a game or it's not accessible and that no one out there including myself is saying that it is literally one tool easy mode should be in as many games as it can be and it's one tool just one all the tools yeah. you see on the accessible dot games those are all the tools that need to be implemented not just one yeah uh, it, it makes perfect sense that you would try and put that stuff in especially because it it only makes life easier for a certain group of people um, while not really impacting everyone else. So I find it very strange when people are like focusing the discussion around difficulty um, in the same way that Alana said earlier. Um, but yeah, so uh, another thing to worth highlighting just because we have the opportunity to is Able Gamers is definitely um, a place that relies on donations. So if you can head over to Able Gamers um, and, and support them by donating um and i've said it before i'll say it again like 
it's a it's a organization and a company that is legitimately making the future of games better and brighter so if you can please do donate um and alana if you can one more time tell people when and where they can watch the awards that'd be awesome the second annual video game accessibility award show is march 12th 2 p.m pt twitch.tv slash twitch and yeah we have a whole bunch of like wonderful guests um and like some really cool people even making cameos that haven't been announced. One of one of my favorites is someone who's doing VO that I'm just like very excited about that we haven't <laughs> spoken about. Ryan Reynolds is presenting an award. Um, but even outside of all the educational stuff we're talking about, I really want to hone in on the fact that like, you know, we have um, a disabled comedian who's joining us who's fucking hilarious mm. to do like some comedy bits. Basically, it should be also very entertaining and funny. And that's a yeah. real, real focus and part of why... I think Steve and I make a very good team because we obviously both care, but we also really like making fun of each other. So yeah, it works sure. out. <laughs> I'm excited. No, I think it's, it's, it's hard, right? Cause it is educational and, and we did lean that way. And I think um, that is one thing I want to try to do as we continue to do this is it is a fun award show. Mm-hmm. It's, it has just as much um, you know, antics as the other ones. It's, you're not going to go there and get a degree in any kind of mastering. Anything. I, you're going to go have some I would laughs. make the case that I think it's more fun than the other award shows, if I'm being honest. Like, yes, it's informative. We're teaching people about these accessibility things. But neither of us are sitting there trying to take things extremely seriously, you know? Like, I feel, mm. I feel like they're, like, we're more fun. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I had, I had a great moment uh, in my Twitch chat, not just a couple of weeks ago. I texted Alana about this. Literally had someone come into my chat and be like, yeah, I saw you on the award show with Alana, and you guys are freaking hilarious, And but I'm a gamer. And, and you know, you, you, that's like a normal compliment to you, I'm sure. But actually, and then he went on to this long paragraph about how his mom saw the, he was like a 30-year-old guy, and his mom walked in. She's like 55, walked in, had no idea what was going on. She saw Alana torturing me with her robot voice and me overreacting to it and being like, <laughs> God, no, please stop. And she was rolling. And then while that was happening, we were talking about a game. And his mom, who is a 55-year-old person who doesn't play games, was like, Hey, how does that game work? And talking to her son about how this game works, and then she started playing it because we were just randomly doing robot voices and hamming it up with each other. That's and amazing. so another gamer was born. I mean, you know, you're welcome, gamers. Yeah, that's right. We brought another one. In. There you go, video <laughs> game industry. Another person to buy your games. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to check that out for sure. And I know Alana mentioned earlier, Ryan Reynolds will be presenting an award for people who don't know. Yes. Ryan Reynolds is the guy from Two Guys Ago in a Pizza Place. Correct. You probably. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. he hasn't done a lot since, so people no, might be no. like, "Who's Ryan Reynolds?" Definitely. I gave him a start. Actually, he did a yeah. he did a video for me. Exactly. I was like, "You guys should pay attention." To this guy, Tam, yeah. was like, "Who's?" You know what's nuts? He was the first person to submit the video. He was. That's not a lie. So, really? Yeah, so, like, we have a bunch of presenters. We have, like, uh, Jacksepticeye and Dr. Lupo and um, Tiffany Witcher, Jay Justice. Like, uh, just a bunch of, like, really, really wonderful people. Mm. Um, <laughs> the fact that Ryan Reynolds was first is so yeah. nuts to me. And, like, I'm chasing up all these studios to get their acceptance speeches as well um, to make sure that, like, you know, it's it's such a weird thing to have to do that you have to ask everybody so that you don't tell anybody who's won. So yeah. we just have to, I just have to, like, send a lot of emails and request a lot of... Yeah. Uh, speeches and Ryan Reynolds beat all of them too. Like I really would have thought like, he'd be last. Yeah, and within hours, like he's in the middle of doing the Adam Project promotion. It was just like stopped. Did what we needed done. And it's then amazing. Was like, Here you go. I was like, yeah, unheard yeah, of. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's- like two guys ago on a pizza place got cancelled a long time ago. So yeah, he's so he's probably been pretty free. Yeah, <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like because we can't we can't pay anyone. Like obviously, Steve and I don't make money for this insane. Over time, we're working to get this show done. What? Yeah, we'll talk about it later, Steve. Not on the air. What? Talk about it later. I don't. It's fine. It's in your contract. Um, People, please download and listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we don't. We don't profit from it at all. The money from Pizza Hut is going towards like building both of us sets and um, like paying for graphics and, and all the video production and all of that stuff that we've needed. Um, I guess if we had I money. I thought you were going to say the money yeah. from pizza is going towards pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we will have pizza. pizza. I'm very I, excited about it. I will, I will say I'm going to hijack just an agenda item in here. Honestly, mm-hmm. we, the people we did pay are disabled people yeah. to help run the show. Mm-hmm. 
I'm really super proud. And she, uh, jokes aside, Alana and I are not paid. That is not a joke. Mm-hmm. We are not paid at all. And we, we used all the leftover money that we had from building pizza to pay the disabled people helping us. And so we hope to keep doing that. Yeah, it's also doing more technically it. our, our only paid presenter is the person who is doing the ASL translation for yep. us, um, who is deaf. So, you know, we've, we've been pretty careful about that. So I just want to say, like, the thing is, please watch it. Like, if you watch mm. it, it will really help. Like, <laughs> like not only yeah. is it, like, something that's like, of course, we want people to see it, but it's also, like, then Pizza Hut will see the numbers and then more sponsors will get on board next mm. year and then we can make it bigger and better and we can pay people more and we can get more disabled people involved. And it just, like, it just is mm. so helpful, so clearly helpful to me if, if you just watch it. Uh, but I know that, that it's <laughs> not, you know, I'm not going to make you do my <laughs> my work here for me. It is a real labor of love. And yeah. I'm exhausted, I mean- but... I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think everyone listening should absolutely, it takes nothing to just tune in and watch it. And it's a, if last year is any indication, like it's going to be an educational and fun time. And like Alana said, yeah, the more people that we can get watching, the better it looks to other sponsors. And, and, you know, in the, in the third year, you'll get more, it'll be bigger and better. And yeah, we hope we can do it in person. Yeah. And and the objective Mm -hmm. is you you know to get it in front of studios who will look at it and be like i want to be on that we want to mm-hmm. be winning that award and that as we said improves video games as a whole going forward so make sure you've you understood in. the agenda i appreciate that it that is what we are shilling for let's that is it. go i thought the idea was to get the show next year at tam's house yeah my, Did i misunderstand i mean like uh, I live will, I, how many I people can you on- fit in there Okay, we can fit enough in here, but like, yeah. uh, what's enough? Uh, <laughs> okay, enough in here. I will be requiring payment. Okay, mm. that's what I'm saying. In mm. pizza, naturally. Oh yeah, you got, we pizza, can get in pizza. pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah make yeah, that happen. Yeah. No, I don't want your money. I want your sweet, sweet carbs and cheese. They, yesterday we had like a production meeting where they were like, "Do you want any snacks?" And I was like, "The pizza." Why would I want any, <laughs> yeah. any snacks yeah. other than the pizza? I don't understand the question. <laughs> Why on earth would I want anything? Yeah, this is literally. Have you tried those personal pans snack? from Pizza Hut? Because they're incredible. <laughs> Not, okay? <laughs> I haven't been to a Pizza Hut in years. It's Shut up, Tam. You love Pizza Hut. It's your number one. I mean, oh no, honestly, like I was, I was yeah. a Pizza Hut person when I was in the UK. Because like everyone used to be like Domino's is the one, but I was like, no, Domino's, there's something about Domino's that doesn't work for me. Pizza Hut is the one for me. Also, the the, the UK version of Demolition Man has Pizza Hut instead of Taco Bell. I know, same in Australia. Pizza Hut is the superior global um, force, global fast food franchise. It won the franchise wars. It did. um, There you go. Anyway. We just clip that and send that to pizza. Yeah. Like oh yeah, we do also have a cool link that's uh, if you go to charity.pizza, it takes you to the Video Game Accessibility <laughs> Awards website. Was, yep. That's incredible. Isn't it? That's Steve had <laughs> that it. Steve was like, I do have this URL. And I was like, yes, we're going to use that. So it, yeah, you put charity.pizza in your browser. Like, even if Pizza Hut never returns, you should just keep that. Yeah, for sure. We didn't turn it over. Yeah. yeah. And like in, if they don't come back, you just next week, next year, go to like Domino's or after that, <laughs> like whatever. We're just tied to pizza yeah, no matter what. Just, yeah, you'll always have one pizza sponsor. Uh, I got this weird image in my head of me and a lot of sitting in a room with representatives from like five different pizza places <laughs> going, all right, what are you offering <laughs> yeah. this year? And then you just start playing like the Smash Brothers music. So it's like all, <laughs> a brawl breaks out. Somehow, like, I don't know, DiGiorno's wins. <laughs> we'll take it. Square Pie, guys. That's who you need to get next. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm definitely excited to check that out. Thank you. Um, speak, speaking of checking things out, Jordan, what have you been checking out? Oh, shit, I didn't talk about that, did <laughs> No, I? you didn't. Uh... We, did a, we did an incredibly slick segue into the uh, Accessibility Awards. I never saw it coming. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was perfect. But, yeah. Uh, after freeing myself from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I, uh, jumped into Have a Nice Death, which is a indie roguelike that launched in early access this week. Um, it had a trailer during the last Game Awards, which I think is how a few people know about it. It's the one with, a. Uh, Death like runs his own company and he's overworked and burnt out and has an emotional and mental 
break because of it and decides to go on uh, a rampage because all the other people who also work at the company are just kind of being lazy and not really doing their jobs. Um, and so he's like, look, I'm the only one who's working and I've now given up like all of my vacation time and all of you are just kind of lounging around like getting all these big bucks and I should be the boss. So I'm going to kick all of your asses. It just takes place over the course of like a roguelike where like each of the levels kind of represent different aspects of like things that could uh, kill you. So like there's a branch with a bunch of people who have no heads because they're like mindless workers who are working themselves to death. There's like a department of addictions. uh, So there's like sentient cigarettes and stuff like that. Um, And it's pretty fun i've i'm enjoying it it has a very hollow knight uh art style and movement and stuff like that so it appeals to me very specifically um uh Mm. control wise it's similar to dead cells probably a little bit uh faster it has i'm not very good at roguelikes um but it has kind of a whole like hades thing going on where like there is a narrative element that progresses with each run that you do so you're getting at least just a little bit of a reward even if you totally uh f up a run and my favorite aspect of it is that the progression system is one of those things where it's like oh you need like a hundred gold to pay for this upgrade but if you happen to kill like 15 enemies then you'll get like a 10 percent uh decrease on the price and so then uh it'll Mm. only be 90 gold but if you kill like 30 enemies on your next run it'll go down to like 50 gold so like the more and more you play the more the upgrades just get cheaper and cheaper so it gets easier to upgrade even if you do like four or five runs in a row where like that's a really interesting way to do that yeah all i did was kill a bunch of people but i didn't actually like get to a new checkpoint but i like jumped a certain amount of platforms i killed a certain mini boss in a specific way i did a specific challenge that made getting an upgrade cheaper i'm like oh i like this because i can actually achieve these much smaller bite-sized uh challenges as opposed to being because it it's a roguelike so there's no checkpoints it's like oh you got to get through like all five areas in a single run which i'm not very good at but i'm getting better at it because the game has but it would mean that your next run is based on how well you did in your previous run correct yes yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. that's like a i've not heard of a lot of roguelikes doing that which means that you're always rewarded it's not like you start from absolute zero yeah that's good so it's it's nice um it's not totally totally like i have nothing i just spent 45 minutes on a run and i accidentally pressed jump when i meant to do dash and i died and now i have to start over from everything so in theory the longer that you get (laughs) the easier the next one will be because you have more enemies killed yeah so i'm curious to see how that ends up overall because roguelikes have that weird thing where eventually you get to a cusp where you're so powerful that the game becomes probably too easy um and i'm like oh this game could reach that but since it's in early access it's only like the first five of i think they say they're gonna put eight levels into it so i i i don't know how it's going to end i don't know if there's going to be a intense power creep situation here um but for now i'm like oh these are charming characters you have a little assistant who has like a pumpkin head who like talks to you about how like overworking and crunch is bad and like if he can help you out by like offering to like cook you lunch so that's like 30 minutes out of your day you don't have to worry about making food i'm like i'm gonna protect this (laughs) pumpkin child at all costs that's Uh, amazing but yeah (laughs) uh so yeah that's a cute game that i'm doing um i'm kind of taking a small little break from elden ring just because GameSpot went back into the office uh this week um so i have had to brave bart uh numerous times and i have come Ah. back home very tired and not wanting to engage in a game like elden ring that i have to kind of like just sit there and focus for an extended period of time uh so i've been catching up on a lot of uh Dimension 20 and Critical Role, a lot of my D&D shows, uh, because the current campaign that I'm playing in, uh, we took a small break. We'll be resuming 
this weekend, hopefully. So I'll be jumping back into it. Well, I'm, oh, I'm on a break from that campaign. After Dark, we've talked about doing D&D, but we have mm-hmm. not started it yet because yeah, February and March have been hectic as hell. Um, that's the thing with D&D is I don't know how people find the time to do it. Like, I've had people ask me if I've done it before, and I'm always like, how? It's hours long, and you have to coordinate a group of several people. Yeah. How? It's, it's how? literally like one of those things where like, okay, how can we get four to six people to have the same and if one person bails free. you all have to cancel essentially like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot it's hard um so it's it's why we the group that i'm currently playing with it's like this past break i think was three weeks yeah i think we haven't played in like three weeks because our schedules yeah. keep like not matching yeah. up and it's like well we're kind of like on the cusp of like fighting a major enemy. It would be really shitty to try to go into yeah. that with like our party smaller than it normally is. Um, yeah, oh man, I love D and D. I want to play it some more, but like you said, really it's just like so hard to. to get groups together. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to try that. Along with raids, is one of the things that I, I, I have like some experience with D&D, like very, very small. I did like a game design course a little while back. And one of the things that we did was like work on uh, creating our own little D&D campaign. And mine was based on like Jurassic Park, which was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do a proper D&D campaign um, just with someone who knows that what they're doing. A bunch of people who are like super committed to it, but I love doing it with people who don't even necessarily know what the heck they're doing. Yeah. We, yeah, when when the world started to shut down during the event, it shall not be named. Um, the <laughs> we're not allowed to mention this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to say that <laughs> during the event, it shall not be named. Um, we used that as a connecting device. Uh, I didn't know how to play. Neither did some friends, and I got some work friends involved. And a work coworker was like yeah dm before i'll do it and uh it's been two years so we've been playing every week with a break here and there it's it's really fun it's like messy and sometimes we mess up the rules and <laughs> it just it doesn't matter that's amazing yeah yeah i i definitely see the power <clears throat> of it i think i just need to muster up a good community of people to do it so we can get going it's uh, that it's all it's like the thing i learned the most is you just have to go yes and like don't ever say no yeah just yes and classic improv routine i've seen threads of like people of of, uh dms talking about players that they dislike and some of it's like why do people keep writing these characters who just hate doing things it's just like people think that having a broody character is interesting but then he's like no i don't want to do that And you're like why do we need this in the party (laughs) this isn't helpful for anyone i've talked about the character i've always wanted to do and it's a mage that doesn't believe in magic Um, (laughs) and i cannot wait to do it (laughs) i can't wait to meet that character town Um, yeah (laughs) i think it's great my dm uh plays as a player in a different campaign and his is a level 20 mage that it has zero in magic (laughs) so he thinks he's great and he's he's like check this out this flaming ball and it's just like a cat comes out it's like it's (laughs) that's really good with my one like i always i always wanted to make it so like the the mage is clearly very good at magic but always like tries to rationalize what's happening and it's science or whatever (laughs) that's funny and everyone else is just like why don't you just accept that you just created a fireball with your hands like (laughs) yeah yeah <laughs> well, spontaneous human combustion is a known uh, phenomenon. You can get a lot of good uh, research with uh, X Files, yeah. a lot of Scullyisms, you know, just throw yeah. them in there. That's the character. The character is both Mulder and Scully, like in the same <laughs> character, which is amazing. He brought it back, and we've gone full it. circle there, which brings us neatly to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to Gamespot After Dark, episode one hundred and thirty-five. Alana, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for really having appreciate us. Appreciate it. Um, nice. Where can people find you both, uh, Lana? I am on the internet everywhere at Charlanazard, but mostly I just prefer if you watch the Accessibility Awards, please. Please do, do that. And Steve? <laughs> you can find me, Stephen Spawn, on Twitter, and I'm sure there's other social media, but who cares about those? And go to charity.pizza <laughs> and uh, make sure that Alana gets eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> hashtag Pizza Hut Partner. <laughs> hashtag Pizza uh, Hut uh, you can find me at John Luke but I, I don't have anything interesting going on on social media, so I also say go just go watch the Accessibility Awards. Mm-hmm. Thanks. What else What else are you doing uh, this weekend? <laughs> Jordan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JMRamey. Please keep 
reading my article so I can give Tam an excuse to keep assigning them to me. And yeah, watch mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. watch the awards this weekend. It'll be a fun time. <laughs> It'll be a good time. We didn't pay them, yeah. I swear. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo <laughs> the sentiment. I'm at I'm at Tomorrow Hate on everything, and you should watch the Accessibility Awards this weekend. Out of interest, um, are people allowed to do like co streams and stuff? Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't so know how to set that up formally, but yeah, go for it. I'm sure. I'm sure, like people <laughs> who can who can like do. I, I was thinking, like, if I you could just do like a display capture. Totally. Yeah, you're 100 percent down. Yeah, so to if do you're that. out there and you're a streamer, like, feel free to to you know do a react to the accessibility awards. And uh, we'll see you next week for the next episode of Gamespot After Dark. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Buy some pizza. Bless Pizza Hut. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> Thank you.